Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you and praise you for this opportunity to gather together, to fellowship you. Father, we pray now that your word will go forth and it will not return void, but it will accomplish what it was sent to do. And we give you the praise and honor and the glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. <clears throat> so uh, this little hotshot CEO got hired in a new company and he felt like he really needed to make his presence known. So he, he was walking around the factory one day and this guy was standing leaning up against the wall and everybody else was working. And he said, this looks like the perfect opportunity for me to show everybody I'm the boss. So he walked up to the guy and said, what do you make a week? And the guy said, about $400. He said, stand right there. So the guy goes in his office, gets $1,600 cash and hands it to him. Says, here's four weeks pay. Don't come back. And everybody was kind of in shock. And a few minutes went by and said, anybody tell me what that slacker's job was? And one of the guys from across the room said, well, he is the pizza delivery guy. <clears throat> I worked hard on jokes while I was gone. I got two or three. We good. If I can just keep from telling them all the day, I'll be great. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. Uh, we got to be out of the country and out of the pollen for four or five days. And man, everything was wonderful. And then we came back and <clears throat> not as much. So I'm, I'm trying to get back immune to the pollen. All right. So the last time I spoke, um, we talked about, I, <coughs> I never gave you the title I talked about the title, and then I said I wasn't going to give you the title until we got into it, and then I forgot. And the Wyndham's actually had a, a pool going, and I think Becca won. But it was Through the Valley, right? That was the title. So congratulations, two weeks late, too late. The title was Through the Valley. So today we're going to talk about, we're going to walk the walk. Because to go through the valley of the shadow of the death, well, we don't run, and we don't scurry, and we don't shuffle, but we, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death every day. And so as Christians, <clears throat> how many of y'all know, not anybody in here, but how many of y'all know that know very good Christians if you listen to them talk, but not so good Christians when you listen to them walk? I mean, you have folks that, I know folks that, you know, do really good job telling you how you should live or what you should do, and then if you turn around and look at them, it's, it's not as impressive, right? So what we'll talk about today is walking the walk. Because it is our job to walk the walk with Christ every day of our life. That we are ambassadors of God, and a lot of times we're the only Christian, only Christ people get to see. So our job is to walk the walk day in and day out. And it really makes no difference of the circumstances around us. And I'm going to use two physical examples of people who walked in very bad situations, right? One... Is the Hebrew children. So if you turn with me to the book of Daniel. <clears throat> uh, Y'all know I love this story. Um, the book of Daniel chapter 3. And I got verse 8. But we really. I don't think we need to read the whole thing. So let's go down to 16. Um, so y'all know the story, right? It, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are supposed to bow down and worship this 90-foot tall, 90-foot wide <clears throat> um, idol every time they play the music. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter, for if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver, it, deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand, but even if he doesn't, we want you to know, 
your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, <clears throat> and his attitude towards them changed, and he ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. <coughs> Excuse me. And he commanded the strongest soldiers in the army to tie Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up and to throw them into the blaming, blazing furnace. Though these men were wearing <coughs> their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes and were bound and thrown into the flames, <coughs> blazing furnace, and the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot, the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these men... <coughs> Firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that were tied up we threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly it was, Your Majesty. He said, Look, I see four men, and they're walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the Son of God. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that they had to be true to God's word, regardless of what was going to take place. And when we say walk the walk, walking the walk in the fiery furnace that's so hot to kill the folks that threw you in, it's a pretty tough place to walk the walk. It's, it's difficult when we live in the world that we live in, and you put in situations to where <clears throat> being a Christian sometimes is not very popular, right? Or it's, or it's frowned upon, or you feel like, a, well, they're going to think I'm strange or weird. And, it, and it's hard. It's, it, it's, it's easy sometimes to be shunned away from how we're supposed to act given the situation. I mean, <clears throat> mine is at the ball field, right? It's really difficult sometimes for me to act like a Christian at the ball field. Sometimes I want to yell and scream at the umpire and act like a crazy person or the coach or the player or the whoever. Y'all get it. It gets into my skin. But these folks faced with sure death still refused to bend their knee because they knew that God was God, right? And whatever happened against them, God was going to take care of them. Whatever came against them, God was going to take care of them. See, <clears throat> when you walk the walk, so it is impossible to walk the walk if you won't get a couple of ground rules straight first, right? N number one, and something that I think Christians overlook a lot, that we have to understand that God loves us a whole lot more than we ever loved him. He loved us when we didn't deserve to be loved. He sent his son to die for us when we were filthy, dirty sinners. And so if you are willing to walk the walk, you have to know that God loves you way more than you love him. The problem is, is a lot of Christians want to base their faith on how much they love God. And they want to let their steps be driven by how much they love God. And that's okay. But the true measure of what we do is how much God loves us. So if we're going to walk the walk, we need to be able to understand that God loved us so much that he was willing to send his only son for us. And that whether we're in the fiery furnace, he shows up. Whether we're in the valley of the shadow of death, He's with us. The Bible says he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. <clears throat> How many of y'all ever had a friend and you were like going to get in a fight? I know y'all probably didn't do that. But you were going to get in a fight and you had that one friend. You're like, man, I don't know if he's going to help or not. Right? Because when the fight starts, he might get gone. 
God's not that kind of friend. In fact, when the fight starts, God shows up even more. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you'd have just said they were saved from the fire and their clothes were scorched and burnt, but they were okay, that would have been okay. But the Bible says that they came out not even smelling like smoke. See, the God we serve, when we walk according to his word and we walk the walk, when he shows up, he elevates us out of the situation. Now, last week, or last time I spoke, when we talked about through the valley of the shadow of death, a lot of us want to get to the, I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to, I'm, I'm in the situation, and I want God to remove me and give me the victory. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were faced with the situation, and they were willing to walk headlong into the problem. Because they said, even if God doesn't save us, we think he will, that he's going to take care of us. Even if, even if it's the last thing I do, I know that I would rather worship God and honor God and die today than worship you and turn my back on the almighty God. And I know we, we don't face these kinds of situations, right? I mean, there's not furnaces around that people get thrown in a lot. I mean, I ain't heard of any real recently, right? But we still want to, we want to go from Making our stand, or making the, saying we're going to make our stand, and then the God to remove us from the situation and then give us the victory. Or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego made their stand, walked into the fiery furnace, walked with God, stood where he stood, and when they walked out, they were delivered. And what a great example, right? I mean, Nebuchadnezzar says we're going to worship their God. We went from killing people to not worshiping our God to, I don't care what else y'all do, but we need to worship their God because that is the real God. See, when we walk around in the world today, we have these opportunities. Not as exciting or flamboyant or being thrown in a fiery furnace, but our daily walk with Christ should be so special that people say, I want what they got. I want to worship what they worship. I want to understand what they understand. <clears throat> but we can't do that if we walk the walk on Sunday, sometimes, and then maybe watch a podcast or maybe, you know, read our Bible a couple days. To walk the walk, we have to put our focus on God. See, putting our focus on God makes the walking part easy. <clears throat> Turn with me, if you will. The gospel according to Matthew. <clears throat> um, chapter 14. Oh. And, and we'll just start at 25. Y'all probably know the story really well too, but we're just going to read through it and understand it. So Matthew 14, 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. I mean, I can only imagine. Y'all ever been in the middle of the lake and had somebody walk up on you? Even if they waiting, it catches you by uh, surprise. But it, he's walking on top of the water. <clears throat> and they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And Peter replied, Lord, it is you. Tell me to come onto the water. But Jesus didn't call him, right? This is not Jesus. Jesus did not set it up to say, okay, well, today's the day to see if Peter can walk on the water. 
right? Jesus was walking on the water. It was Peter's idea to walk on the water. So what did you, I mean, and he's kind of got Jesus in a pinch, kind of sort of a pickle. If it's you, tell me to come. Well, it's me, so come. And Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. When Peter got out of the boat, he was walking with God, focused on God. When you're focused on God, walking with God is pretty easy. And as long as his focus stayed on Jesus, he didn't have any issues. He was walking right across the top of the water. One of two folks that I have ever heard of in history that did it. And everybody wants to talk about, oh, you little faith. Jesus says, oh, you have little faith. Come on, get up. But he walked. He walked on the water. He's got a couple more steps than I got. And as long as he was focused on God, he was walking the walk. The instant his focus came off of Christ, he began to sink. So when we walk in, in our daily life, if we are walking focused on God... The obstacle that is the water is not relevant. Through the valley of the shadow of death is not relevant. Through the fiery furnace is not relevant. If you're focused on God in your daily walk, the circumstances that are around you really have nothing to do with you. The Bible says that we're an alien. This is not where we live. But when we're focused on God and we're walking the way God wants us to walk and we're walking in his word and we're being that example and that ambassador of Christ and that's what our focus is on, we can walk right through the middle of it. Whether it's on top of the lake or through the fire or through the valley, it doesn't affect anything. The instance, however, that Peter started thinking about the wind, right? I can only imagine what was going through his head. You can't walk on rough water. Bro, you can't walk on water, period. The minute his focus came off of God, his walk was over. He stopped walking. He began to sink. If you've ever tried to stand up on top of the water, you don't begin to sink. You, you sink pretty quick. <clears throat> Way back when, and mom, ain't, mom and daddy never heard this story, so if y'all think it's bad, then don't tell them. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Charlie's stepson and a couple of us dummies one time took Charlie's boat out on the, on the lake. We were 16, 17, 18, I don't know. Old enough to know better, but young enough to be stupid enough to do it. And we started this deal of who could jump out the boat the fastest. Right? And so we got it up to about 30 miles an hour and everybody jumped out. Wasn't so bad. We got it up to about 40 miles an hour and everybody jumped out. Well, I hit about 53 and I, I, I won. And when I jumped out, um, you could have walked on that water for a minute because it was hard as this floor. And I skipped. I, I, I jumped out backwards and my life jacket hit and I skipped and stood straight up. And I thought for like a half a second, man, this is pretty awesome. Up until the point to where my toes drug in the water. And when they did, I started a series of backflips that was not real um, athletic. It looked like I was bent in half. But you can't walk on water. I, don't, I mean, if you get fast enough, you can walk on it for a second, but it hurts real bad when you slow down. But regardless of what takes place around us, when our focus is set on Christ, what we're walking through is irrelevant. And what we do is, is 
well, you don't understand. My mortgage is this, and my job is not doing what it's supposed to do. My health ain't where it's supposed to be. My kids are bad. My spouse don't give me the time that they're supposed to give me. My job is really hard. People talk bad about me. I'm too fat, too skinny, too old, too short. You don't understand. No, what I understand is, is in, and we're walking in our daily life, if we're focused on God, we don't have time to focus about the rest of that. When we start to focus on God, when we walk in, in our daily life, all of a sudden, his love for us seems like it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's really not the case, right? God's love for us is huge. But when you're focused on God's love for you, it starts to feel bigger. It starts to feel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego probably had some pretty good faith that God was going to show up and do. But can you imagine how they felt when they stepped out of the fiery furnace? When you get, when you focus on God and God alone, your walk, no matter where it takes you, we just get better and better and better. <clears throat> All right, turn with me to Romans. Holy moly. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. Romans 8 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. When we are focused on where God wants us to be and how we're supposed to be walking, our mind is set on what God's doing and what God's got going on and where God's leading us and how God's talking to us and our personal relationship with him in our daily walk. Now, my relationship is different and your relationship is different than everybody else's relationship. Everybody's on their own level. You know, you might have been a Christian for six months, six weeks, 60 years, I don't know. You could be a Christian for 60 years and not walk with God and still be at the beginning stages. But when we walk every day mindful of God, mindful of God's word, knowing what he's called us to be, right? Well, I don't know what God called me to be. Then maybe you need to spend a little bit more time talking to him. We need to quit with the fleshly desires. And this is not a, this is not a sermon about sin. This is not... Not where we're talking about. That <clears throat> Creflo Dollar gave one of the best examples ever, right? He's talking about the pre people who preach on sin and the darkness of the world. And Creflo said, you can preach about the darkness, you can prophesy about the darkness, you can pray about the darkness, you can cast the darkness down, or you can reach over there and flip on the switch, and the light overcomes the darkness. So when we walk with our mindset on God, the light of God overcomes the darkness that is around us. Now, you might be in the bottom of the valley of the shadow of death, or you might be standing on the bridge looking at it. You might already walk through it two or three times. You might be going back for your next lap. You might be in the fiery furnace right now. The, de the Bible says that the devil is, is like a roaring lion sent out looking for who he can devour. There, there is troubling times. With sickness and disease and pestilence and all the stuff they talk about in Revelations that's, that's starting to reveal, right? We are, in a, we are in a tough time. I mean, in theory, we're in a tough time. 
I mean, we're in a heated and cool building with indoor plumbing and soft cushioned seats. We're not in the toughest of times. We're not in a dirt floor sitting on a wooden bench with no air conditioning in a, in a outhouse out in the back, right? This is not the toughest of times physically. But in the spiritual warfare of what's going on around us, we're in the middle of the battle that we will see. And in the middle of the battle, we have to be really careful what we set our mind on. We have to be ready to be where God wants us to be. And I preach about it a lot. But I always pray to God, I want to be exactly where you want me to be, when you want me to be there. I want to be the light of the world. I want to walk according to your purpose in my life. Why? Because I don't want to be over here on a little side street somewhere when I'm supposed to be on Main Street doing what I'm supposed to do. See, that's the problem with not walking what God focused in front of you. Sometimes you wander. And you miss opportunities to be a good example. You miss opportunities to be a witness. You miss opportunities to lay hands on the sick. You miss opportunities to be blessed. You miss opportunities to grow. You miss opportunities to be closer with God. If you're just wandering through life, not following what God has said in front of you, you are unfulfilled, you are unhappy, and the joy of the Lord is not your strength. However, if we focus our eyes on Christ and we start to walk according to our purpose and we start, start to be mindful of what we're doing and walk according to what God's called us to do, all of a sudden, we, that love of God looks bigger and bigger and bigger. We're more fulfilled. We're happier. We look younger. And y'all don't believe that. Look at the folks that you know that don't go to church this your age. Sometimes you think there's something wrong with your glasses. You got to clean them off a little bit and go, wow, they look really old. No, y'all look really good. He renews us. The same Holy Spirit that went into hell and threw back the gates of death and hell and raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of me. He renews me. He makes my body alive. But we have to walk with him and learn from him. If you flip on in, in Romans right there, uh, uh, 14, 8, 14 says, For those who, led, <clears throat> who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. For the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves again, so that you live in fear. Rather, the Spirit you receive is brought about an adoptionship or a son, as we cry, Daddy. When we walk according to His Word, we walk in a relationship to where there's daddy. When we don't walk according to his word, he's still our daddy. We just are estranged. There's an old joke about a guy was walking down the beach, right? And, and the footprints turned into one footprints. He said, God, why'd you leave me? He said, I didn't leave you. You left me. We were supposed to go left and you went right. We have to really examine ourselves to see where are we? Because it's so easy to make the decision that you want to make in your life and say, well, God wants me to be happy. He does. But he also wants you to walk according to your purpose. He wants you to walk with a relationship with him every day. 
And the truth is, is that when you're working and focusing harder on walking with him, the happier you are. Now, it might not come from the source that you think it should. But if you have a need and you're walking with God, it will be met. <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't need any finances. Daniel was he thrown in the lion's den. He didn't need any finances. He didn't need any, they didn't need a pat on the back or some words of encouragement. They didn't need any of that. They needed deliverance. David, when he faced Goliath, he, he didn't need a, hey, Bubba, you're doing a good job. He needed to know that the most high God, the living God, walked with him. Sometimes we are looking for things that God don't need you to have. That's not where we're at right now. When we walk according to God's word, he puts us in situations for us to grow, for us to develop, for us to be better witnesses, for us to have a testimony, for us to be better examples to the world, for us to be the light of the world. And being the light of the world in the hands of feet of Christ is not when it's only convenient for you. That's not how that deal works. He says that we are a light on the hill. Does the hill every once in a while get to take a break and go hide in the ditch where it can't be on the hill anymore? No, it's still the hill. We are the ambassadors of Christ. And on our daily walk, in our daily walk, and how we act, how we talk, where we go, what we do, we show that or should show that. But just like Peter, when we get out of the boat, oh God, I can't be here. I mean, times are getting tough. Sure looks pretty rough out there. I don't think I can walk on the water today. You can't. Without God first, you can't. Everybody likes to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And they want to go about doing it all by yourself and go, I don't know why I failed. Would you take Jesus with you? If it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, I think Christ is an important part of that. It's like being in business with a business partner and never talking to them. Not having any meetings, not having any emails, not having any phone calls. I'm in business with them, and I might be over here doing this, and they might be over there doing that. Well, I don't know why we're not successful. Now, how many Christians do we have that are meandering through whatever they're in, and Jesus is back over there standing on the path going, um, you, it's, it's over here. Lord, I wish you would help me. Hey, I'm over here. You come back over here. I mean, think about it. Think about how many folks you know that are in a situation that they have muddled through and they are in a terrible situation going, God, why did you leave me? And God's standing there going, come on back. I'm right here. It's me. I never left you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Nothing could separate you from my love. It'd be really good if you came back over here. I'm right here. And then wandering around with it back to him going, I don't know why I go through all of this. When we focus on Christ first and walk with him in a daily relationship, he leads us and guides us where he wants us to be. Now, Daniel did end up in the lion's den, 
Joseph ended up in prison. Peter ended up in prison. Paul ended up in prison. Paul was shipwrecked and beaten. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was thrown into the fiery furnace, right? We don't get to just do, we, we don't get to pick and choose. Well, I'll take the snacks and the nap time, but I don't want the rest of the schoolwork. I only want to do my part of what I want to do. Because if we're really called to be disciples of Christ, do you, do you think that he only did the fun part? When he was stranded in the desert and, and tempted for 40 days and 40 nights? When those people tried to kill him and then eventually did beat him and kill him? How about if Jesus would have said, well, God, I know you sent me in here to do all this stuff, but I, I'll pray in the Garden of Gethsemane and I'll wash the feet if you really want me to and I'll have some dinner. Well, I really ain't big on getting beat or tortured or snatching my clothes off or stabbing me in the side with a spear or driving those giant stakes through my hand or through the top of my feet. I'm not a big, that's not, that's not on my list of things to do today. I'm not real good at, um, you know, being in hell and being tortured and tormented for some days for these people. How about if he picks and chooses? So what makes us think we can pick and choose? Part two next week. I only got through a few scriptures. <clears throat> Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we pray that it will not return void. Father, we just lift these folks up to you as we walk according to you. Father, that we have a closer relationship with you, that we are the light unto the world. And we give you the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>